0: Chapter Twenty Three of Three Weeks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. Three Weeks by Eleanor Glen. Chapter Twenty Three. Next day there was a fresh breeze, and they scudded before it on to Naples here paul seemed well enough to take train and so arrive in england in time for his birthday he owed this to his mother he and his father both felt she had been looking forward to it for so long as at the time of his coming of age the festivities had been interrupted by the sudden death of his maternal grandfather and the people had all been promised a continuance of them on this his twenty-third birthday so taking the journey by sufficiently easy stages sleeping three nights on the way they calculated to arrive on the eve of the event the lady henrietta would have everything in readiness for them and her darling paul was not to be overhurried only guests of the most congenial kind had been invited and such a number of nice girls the prospect was perfectly delightful and ought to cause any young man pure joy it was with a heart as heavy as lead paul mounted the broad steps of his ancestral home that summer evening and was folded in his mother's arms the guests were all fortunately dressing for dinner captain grigsby had been persuaded to abandon his yacht and accompany them too yes i'll come charles he said getting too confoundedly hot in these seas besides the boy will want more than one to see him through among those cackling women so the three had travelled together through italy and france switzerland had been strictly avoided paul darling his mother exclaimed in a voice of pained surprise as she stood back and looked at him but surely you have been very ill my darling darling son i told you he had had a sharp attack of fever henrietta interrupted sir charles quickly and no one looks their best after travelling in this grilling weather let the boy get to his bath and you will see a different person but his mother's loving eyes were not to be deceived so with infinite fuss and terms of endearment she insisted upon accompanying her offspring to his room where the dignified housekeeper was summoned and his very imaginable and unimaginable want arranged to be supplied once all this would have irritated paul to the verge of bearish rudeness but now he only kissed his mother's white jeweled hand he remembered his lady's tender counsel to him given in one of their many talks you must always reverence your mother paul and accept her worship with love so now he said dear mother it is so good of you but i'm all right fever does knock one over a bit you know you'll see though being at home again will make me perfectly well in no time and i'll be as good as you like and eat and drink all mrs elwyn's beef teas and jellies and other beastly stuff if you will just let me dress now like a darling however his mother was obliged to examine and assure herself that his beautiful hair was still thick and waving and she had to pause and sigh over every sharpened line of his face and figure though the thought of being permitted to lavish continuous care for long days to come held a certain consolation for her at last paul was left alone and there came a moment he had been longing for he had sent written orders that tremlett should bring pike and leave him in his dressing-room beyond and all the while his mother had talked he had heard suppressed whines and scratchings somehow he had not wanted to see his dog before any of the people the greeting between himself and his little friend must be in solitude for was there not a secret link between them in that golden collar given by his queen and Pike would understand he certainly would understand if short passionate barks and a madness of wagging tail stump accompanied by jumps of crazy joy could comfort anyone then Paul had his measure when the door was opened and this rough white terrier bounded in upon him and frantic with welcome and ecstasy was with difficulty quieted at last in his master's fond arms oh pike pike paul said while tears of weakness flowed down his cheeks i can talk to you and when you wear her collar you will know my queen our queen and pike said everything of sympathy a dog could say but it was not until late at night when the interminable evening had been got through that his master had the pleasure of trying his darling's present on that first evening of his homecoming was an ordeal for paul he was still feeble and dead tired from travelling to begin with and to have to listen and reply to the endless banalities of his mother's guests was almost more than he could bear they were a nice cheery company of mostly young friends pretty girls and his own boon companions abounded and they chaffed and played silly games after dinner until paul could have groaned captain Grigsby had eventually caught sir charles's eye you will have the boy fainting if you don't get him off alone soon he said these girls would tire a man in strong health and at last paul had escaped to his own room he leant out of his window and looked at the gibbous moon pike was there on the broad sill beside him under his arm and he could feel the golden collar on the soft fur neck a wave of perhaps the most hopeless anguish he had yet felt was upon his spirit now the unutterable blankness the impossible vista of the endless days to come with no prospect of meeting no aim no hope yes she had said there was one hope one hope that could bring peace to their crud unrest but how and when should he ever know and if it were so then more than ever he should be by her side the number of beautiful things he would want to say to her about it all the oceans of love he would desire to pour upon her the tender care which should be his hourly joy to honour and worship her and chase all pain away and he did not even know her name or the country where one day this hope should reign that was incredible and it would be so easy to find out but he had promised her never to make inquiries and he would keep his word he saw her reason now it had arisen in an instinct of tender protection for himself she had known if he knew her place of abode no fear of death would keep him from trying to see her ah he had had the tears and why not the cold steel and blood it was no price to pay could he but hear once more her golden voice and feel her loving twining arms he was only held back by the fear of danger for her and instead of being with her and waiting on her footsteps he should have to spend his next hours with those ridiculous english women those foolish flippant girls one had quoted poetry to him at dinner the very scrap his lady had spoken a line of this new poets who was taking the world of london by storm that year loved with a love beyond all words or sense and it had sounded like pathos or sacrilege what did these dolls know of love or life chattering parrots to weary a man's brain yes the greeks were right it would be better to keep them spinning flax and uneducated and so in his young intolerance maddened by pain he saw all things gibbous like the mocking moon pike stirred under his arm and licked his hand a faint whine of love making itself heard in the night oh god said paul as he buried his face in his hands let me get through this time as she would have me to let it not show the anguish in my heart but be at least a man and gentleman end of chapter 23